Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Idle Chatter. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the Hot Rod Farmer, right? This guy over in Cat Swamp Road. That's uh, the past couple of weeks of starting my show by telling you a long, drawn-out story that uh, could be uh, considered that maybe you think I'm a complainer, right? I'm complaining about everything. So, uh, but I want to welcome you uh, to the show, and I hopefully, God willing, everything is going well in your life and your operation before I start to complain. Well, uh, I'm going to say guilty with an explanation about my complaining. It's, it's, believe me, I don't want to give you the wrong impression that I'm some sort of pain in the neck or prima donna or whatever I am, but it's, it's, I, I, I'm struggling with it because I, I, I said to myself, when you do the show today, just forget about that. Don't even tell the people that story because it's ridiculous. Well, it's not, it is ridiculous. I mean, the story isn't ridiculous, actually. The story is uh, sad. It's not sad in the sense of someone uh, getting hurt or dying. It's sad because of the level of incompetence. And, uh, and believe me, I make a lot of mistakes and I am not uh, perfect. The only thing that was perfect was nailed to the cross. I was Savior Jesus Christ. But it just seems today that when you deal with people, and specifically when you deal with government, right, is that the level of incompetence is so <laughs> is so high. And, uh, and uh, I remember like, <clears throat> like Ronald Reagan used to say, the most frightening words in the English language is I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs> Brother, run away. So let me tell you a quick little story, and I have another short story after that. And then what we're going to talk about today on the show is when I eventually get there is uh, idle, <clears throat> idle surge up on startup. Why does why on a, on a on a fuel injected vehicle does the idle go up and then come down when you when you when you start the engine? <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm pretty congested today. So that's what we're going to discuss because in life, if you could understand something, then that's going to just it's going to take the mystery out of it, right? And uh, and also uh, this week, uh, this coming Friday, so the show will drop on Wednesday, which is actually the first day of summer, which is frightening. Boy, did spring fly by! And I will be getting the Raptor, the uh, the Raptor R delivered here to the farm if it doesn't get wrecked coming here and you know i'm, la- I'm not saying I'm, I'm not laughing but i've had instances like that uh when i had the c8 corvette i didn't wreck it i mean i've never wrecked a press car but uh whoever something happened to the car was supposed to get one and they got wrecked and i over the years i've had that happen so uh, especially when you're dealing with something that's got some some ponies under the hood and this raptor has 700 horsepower uh so it is uh, very easily for somebody to get it out of control uh, so the delivery person all right so whoever has it before me but anyway uh so what i'm going to plan on doing is uh, as an aside this is nothing to do with my story i'm going to try to talk fast right? fast like a, so a hot rod farmer right so i don't take too long uh is that uh i'm going to talk about the raptor next week on the show and then I'm going to talk about the Raptor also on the following weekend's radio show because they're 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 out of sync with one another because they're one week apart. Well, for well, one is on Wednesday and one is on Saturday, so it puts a half a week out of sync. And I know that some of you listen to both the radio show and Idle Chatter podcast, which I am so appreciative of more than I could ever convey to you. All right, so I don't say hey, you're going to hear the same thing twice. Well, the Idle chatter is going to be better than the pod in the radio show. I will say that, and I have no bones about that because the radio show is shorter; it's twenty-four minutes, and much to your chagrin, I have no time limit on idle chatter. And so, I would say, if you're only going to listen to one, listen to idle chatter. If you want to listen to both, I would certainly appreciate it. And I am going to put a little bit of a different twist on the radio show than I am on the podcast, because what I have found is that other than the overlap between the two shows, is that it's the it's a different audience on the radio show. I didn't. I don't. I don't believe that there is technical. I'm not going to say. 
they're passionate, but it's just different, all right? A uh, little bit different audience on the radio show, and I could go into more detail, and I think on the podcast, and you guys would be welcoming of that, or most of you, right, until I get the nasty letters, which I usually don't get. I haven't gotten actually, to tell you the truth, on the show, or the radio show. My column in the magazine, you get nasty letters, but not this. So anyway, so that's, and we're going to talk about idle flare-up, idle speed flare-up and why that is happening. And so you can understand this. When you get back in your car, your truck and goes, and comes back down and you, and you say, why is it doing that for? All right. Why does it do that? Everything is normal. Nothing is wrong with it, but why does it do it? But first, let me tell you my little story. All right. Uh, I'll tell you the shortest story first. Uh, back in 2011, I, uh, my dad died in 2010. I was in the field trying to eradicate some weeds. We had a Canadian, uh, Canada thistle, right? Not Canadian thistle, Canada thistle uh, problem. And I was in there with a backpack sprayer with some glyphosate in it. And uh, it was full. So it was five gallons. So it was probably, it was, you know, probably about 50 pounds, let's say. I mean, not terrible, but uh, you're carrying it on your back. And then uh, I stepped on a I stepped on a stone with the backpack sprayer, and I basically fell. And I twisted and I fell because the the fifty pound weight, you know, cantilevers off your back. And so, so make a long story short. Prior to that, in 2011, I never had any issues with my back whatsoever none none a lot of guys friends of mine had issues with their back but also i mean i always did farm work and machinery work and motors and stuff like that but i was never in sports never ever i am totally uncoordinated i never played baseball basketball football hockey anything know nothing about it and interestingly enough no one in my family really does i'm not implying that they're all uncoordinated but we have a i guess a I would say unique, which is probably a nice way of saying bizarre family, right? But uh, but my father was not interested in that. My I have two cousins that are older than I am, about 14, 15 years older. They're never interested in it. So we were never sports people and uh, never got involved with it. Somebody who loves sports and what have you, that's fantastic. No, I mean, God bless you, but we never were. So I can't say that I had a sports injury, all right? So up until 2011, I had zero problems with my back. Where other friends would say, oh, my back hurts me. And everybody used to go, used to say to the girls, old football industry, uh, industry old football in- injury, right? Well, I never had that. So, but when I fell with this backpack sprayer in the field, I ended up, uh, I guess, doing something to my, uh, 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 not sacroiliac, whatever, whatever that muscle is across, uh, sciatic, sciatic muscle or sciatica, whatever they call it. And it was terrible back in 2011. I was able to get to the house. I, Charlotte's mother was was literally dying uh she was down there i laid on the floor i could not get up off the floor and so whatever so that was that but ever since <clears throat> ever since i had that incident uh with that fall is that my my sciatic nerve or whatever they call it has become the canary in the coal mine for me so if i'm starting to get sick in a weakened state or some sort of bug before i feel bad my back starts to hurt right over there terrible and the past week uh, it's been terrible and i'm only saying this to you because i'm getting this raptor and i can hardly move i mean it's a i'm like a 90 year old man i came and bend down it took me five minutes to put one sock on this in this morning and this raptor has 37 inch tall tires on it so hopefully i can get in it next week when it comes all right but uh it, it is crazy and i was talking to my friend bob ida because i'm supposed to go down there and bring the raptor we're gonna go uh we're going, to, we're going to do a cool thing because he has the Ford GT. He's got 645 horsepower and the Raptor has 700. So we're going to park him nose to nose. I'm going to make a, a Mickey Mouse cardboard sign up, right? And I'm going to have him stand in front of the GT and the, his sign is going to say 645 horsepower. And then I'm going to stand in front of the Raptor and it's going to be nose to nose with this GT and it's going to say 700 horsepower. So I think it'd be pretty cool. But anyway but he's got the same problem with his back this week also so who knows maybe it's going around i have no idea but anyway so god willing i will be well enough to be able to get in and out of the raptor without a wheelchair lift god willing but it's all in the good lord's hands but anyway get back to my story 
so <clears throat> last Sunday, which is meaningless to you because God knows when you're when you're going to uh, listen to this. Last Sunday evening or night. Uh, now, our farm is is uh, basically broken more or less in half by Cat Swamp Road. So Cat Swamp Road on both sides is ours, and then. Uh, it's a, a two-lane road, and it's, it used to be a dirt road, and uh, it's not overly trafficked, but it's it's obviously more traffic than it had back when I was a kid and it was a dirt road. But anyway, but still, it's not by today's standards, it's not bad. But to me, if I see two cars go up, I'm cursing mad, right? Because that's actually, to tell you the truth, the way I look at it, they're riding on my family's land. Was they took my they took my family's land. It was a dirt lane back when my 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 family bought the farm long before I was born, and so they're really riding on my family's land. And maybe to some people that would sound bizarre, but if you own land, if you own a farm, if you own property, you own acreage, and it was taken from you for the betterment of society at your expense, even if they reimbursed you something, you didn't want the money, you didn't want the road there, right? So we, I know a lot of you will understand that, and some of you will not understand that simply because you've never walked that walk. So anyway, to make a long story short, is that uh, I go down the road in the morning and um, to go have breakfast, heading towards 517, and on the along the side of the road, I would say it's probably still on the right. It is still on the right away, but uh, more or less in, in the tall weeds there, because now the township doesn't cut anything, right? They take it from you the right away, and they say, "Oh, you can't do anything. You can't use that. It's ours." Blah blah blah. We don't maintain it, so, but we won't maintain it. So anyway, there's a garbage bag, a black garbage bag, heavy, and it's somebody through it there and you could see it's got something in it it's kind of standing up so i had assumed now i don't want you to think this is a bad area because it's not but there's people and there's a lot of people moved in from from other places i call them johnny come lately's from the city and they brought their city mentality with them and they brought their city attitude with them where they could go back to where they came from for as far as i'm concerned <clears throat> and i figure yeah, somebody must have had a party there over the weekend they had beer bottles or beer cans in there or whiskey bottles and they don't want their garbage man to see it and they which is a hundred percent wrong but all right it's happened in the past it maybe happens every couple of years it's not like it's a weekly weekly event and so what i do is that my back was hurting me that's why i told you the story i didn't feel like getting out of the car i said all right maybe later on i'll go i'll go with the truck and i'll get it or what have you and my back got worse so now i was there for two days so i had to spray the field so i was on the tractor and uh, interestingly enough my back felt so much better on the tractor but um and the sprayer was working beautifully ever since i fixed it no glory to god not to me a uh, beautiful i mean rock steady pressure beautiful empties beautifully nothing nothing wrong so it had to have a suction side leak probably in that valve which i did not smoke tested yet as i said i was going to so what happens is that i get off the tractor and i say all right let me go see what's in this bag so i go over in the into the eh, maybe it's two feet off the pavement three feet but there's a little bit there's a berm there and embankment there and the weeds are high even though we're in drought right they always grow and uh so what i do is i go i start to try to pick up the bag i said this that bag is heavy okay this bag is heavy so what i basically do then is i go and i feel the bag feel around what's in the bag and you could kind of tell whether it's cans or bottles or bottles and cans you could feel to get an idea of what's in there so i'm feeling this thing this bag and <clears throat> a couple of things are happening it's real squishy in there i think i feel bone and i have a slight odor of feces as you would from the intestines uh, of an animal and or a person they said, man, they said, there's something, there, there was something that was alive once in this bag. I said, what the heck is it doing here? So anyway, 
to not have this story go on for 50 years, is that I end up leaving it there. It was qu- it was quite heavy. Not that I couldn't lift it, but it was it was quite heavy. I mean, it was quite heavy, and it was condensed weight, and it was a pretty big, thick garbage bag, and they had it knotted on the top. And I said to myself, maybe I should unknot it and look inside. And they said, I don't want to do that because my personality, God forbid, it's, I, I don't want to know what's in there, right? So I call the town. All right, I, uh, so I call town hall, I get the person who answers the phone, which is a story unto itself because there's no selection for that person. Taxpayer dollars at work. Oh, you want this? You want the building department? This is nothing whatsoever. I ended up out of frustration pressing the button for uh, the tax assessor and got the woman who was the answers the phone. Don't know her name. You know, it sits at the front desk, and I said, "Hi, this ba ba ba." So uh, I said, you know, this bag was was thrown here the other day. My back was hurting me. I didn't, uh, I didn't do, you know, what I, didn't do anything with it. But I went and checked it out, and they said, the, I said, uh, there's something nefarious going on with this bag, other than it being dumped. I said because it, it uh, I, like I told you, I said there, there was something that was once alive and alive in there, and I don't know what it is. So, so I said, I don't know. It could be, it could be a, a body, a human. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't be. Could be body parts. I have no idea what's going on in there. I mean, I'm not going to look inside. So uh, now, as an aside to that, oh, mind you, we're only 60 miles from New York City. Last a couple of weeks ago, on the news in New York City, in the Bronx, which is right by the George Washington Bridge, which crosses over into New Jersey, is that. They found in the bushes off, I think, uh, I forgot what, what, there's some roadway there, I don't remember what it was called, a major roadway in the in the tall grass. They found the garbage bag and it had, somebody had murdered, somebody had cut, murdered and cut up a kid, like a five or six year old kid in there. In the So horrific, horrific. I mean, it's a crazy world we live in, you know, and, and I'm not saying there's not crazy people all over, but it would be very convenient for somebody to go over to over to George Washington Bridge, get on Route 80, right out here. This is the first exit that's more rural. Get off, make a left, and if they made a left, they would ride by, and we would be the first rural road for them to turn on. All right, so there's a lot of dynamics there. Years ago, I was a young kid, and some guy came from New York in a new Cadillac and uh, actually committed suicide on our farm. And the... Uh, blew his brains out in the new Cadillac. Uh, I'm, I was the one that found them. So anyway, <clears throat> but so you, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, in the, like I said, crazy, crazy world. So I'm telling the person in the town, oh, look, I said, I don't know what's in here. I said, it could be a dead animal because it feels like it's cut up. It feels uh, like I told you, I said, it, it could it, it could be, a, how do I know? It could be a, a, a human body. I So ah, she screams on the phone. She says, you better call the state police. So I said, to her, well, first of all, it's on your right away. All right, the land you took from me, and what am I going to do? I'm, I got, I got a field to spray. I'm going to stand here waiting for the state cop. I said, what well, the state cop is not going to pick it up and put it in his patrol car and ride around. I said, I need the road department to come here. Well, now we have a public works department. I need the road department to come here and take this and bring it to your dumpster or whatever you want. Then you could call the state police, not me. Right. So now. Mind you, I was going to the field to spray, and then I stopped on my way back. Now, on my, tra- on my, you can't write this story. On my tractor, I have suitcase weights. All right, I can only it only has a bracket that will hold a hundred fifty. Maybe it's a little more than that. Three suitcase weights, three or four. I forgot what it is. Maybe four. All right, and there's no more room on the bracket for it. So what I end up doing <clears throat> is I put two. 70 pound sand tubes on top of the suitcase weights because if i have the tractor with the planter on it and i have it filled with liquid fertilizer then it's the planter is fairly long all right because it has uh it has insecticide boxes on the on the back which i don't use and it can't the levers out and it's it's the tractor has no trouble lifting it but it's not always stay very stable and i have some in i have some precarious sections in the one field so when I put the extra 
the sand tubes on it it's fine so i get the tractor all set up for planting they put the weights the sand tubes and when i put the sprayer on the back it's eh, it's perfect it's like riding in the cadillac all right beautiful no problem whatsoever so on my way to the field if you could follow the story i get in the field i put the boom down to go and i went i, I go uh <clears throat> and i walk around the track that i give everything a once over for us at the street i said what the heck happened to the one sand tube oh my god i never fell off before right i used top straps rubber top straps to wrap it around and tie it onto the weights never ever ever moved a quarter of an inch how the heck did this before i go back so i put the boom back up and uh you know i got this psychroiliac whatever you call it pain i'm moving like an old man and uh go on to cat swamp road there lo and behold there's the 70 pound uh sand tube so i picked the sand tube up tube up put it on there go spray my field all right on my way back to that to, 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 with the tractor i stop i determined there's something heavy in this bag go call the town well <clears throat> the thing is that maybe i have the, i have no excuse me it was the, i called the town before i went to spray the field before the sand tube fell off excuse me so what who would have so they say to me well the road department is closed now it's 3 30 they open work till three i'll tell them tomorrow so what happens is it's okay fine i go spray the field everything works beautifully the next day it's about 9 30 10 o'clock in the morning i said well the bag is still laying there and uh <clears throat> i'm gonna call the town they pay a lot of taxes here right so i knew what button to press to get to this woman now and i pressed the button and um i said well hi she goes, oh, hello she says so i said oh the mayor which is a woman and maybe with this woman with a female mayor we rode by yesterday after you told us and that's just a bag a bag of sand that must have fell off of somebody's truck i said a bag of sand and i realized a sand tube. i said no no no. i said big that was fell off of my tractor it's a weight that i use which this woman is from the city she has no idea what i'm talking about said, that's not what i'm talking about said, that's a bag of sand there's nothing there now i was very insulted <clears throat> because that's what i'm saying i'm not complaining it's just a incompetence i mean does she think i'm so stupid that i have a yellow bag that says 70 pounds or 80 pounds 70 pounds of sand <laughs> sand tube on it that i would think that there's something that was once alive in there all right and i told her it was a black garbage bag and it was quite heavy well the sand tube is heavy so she says oh the yellow bag with the sand and i said that's not what i'm talking about that was mine i dropped it i went and got it i said i'm talking I said well the road department rode by they couldn't see it I said, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump because I'm in the house now the next day. I'm going to jump back in my car and I'm going to go down to where it is and I'm going to take the bag off the right of way. I'm going to put it right on the shoulder of the road. Nobody's going to hit it right on the shoulder of the road because the, the, the shoulder there is maybe a f two feet thick. I'm two feet wide. I said, uh, I said, when are they going to come? She goes, oh, they're busy. They can't drop everything. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, what customer service, right? I, I pay between my house my parents farmhouse and the farm the farm taxes are not bad but they've gone i pay almost fifteen thousand dollars a year here i get zippo for it but aggravation so anyway so i go down i do and pull the bag down do pull what i said i come back to the house i call call back again i say okay it's there says well what's his name the guys the road department they're nice guys i'm not i'm not against anybody they, he's on his way down now i said all right i'll go back on my car and i'll and i'll wait for him so i wait a couple of minutes later five six minutes later all right they come with the wigwags on lights flashing and everything and i stop i wave to him point to it over there right so i said i said we rode by we didn't see it well i have a i i have a cataract in both eyes and i was able to see it but and they're a big f2 f350 truck high up like a little ford fiesta and they can't see this well you can't say anything if you don't look right but whatever government workers hopefully i'm not insulting anyone and look this is just a real deal it's not meant to insult anybody it is what it is right so the guy goes to one there's an older guy and a younger guy like i said they were very nice they have nothing against them so the guy goes to grab oh, heavy i said so i tell you i don't know what's in there right i said i told him that i felt it right and then 
the whoever dumped it tied the you know tied the bag in a knot and then it makes it like almost like a flower petal like a rose when you tie a plastic bag like that so the, the older guy is you know he took his hand off he's heavy right he looks and he starts to scream not in there and where the where the knot was tied where it's made like a opening of a flower like of a rose right the way it's like there's a cavity there look at that spider in there i hate spiders that spider is huge so i look in there so i mean it's a i wouldn't even we have spiders in our house i mean we have a immaculately clean house i mean but but right near the woods and everything and we got every spot and we so i'm like so i hate spiders i hate he's cursing effing heaven spider thank god i didn't grab it oh my god right so i'm like i'm like i can't believe this like a like a slapstick routine here so and then they say well and the other guy yells i hope it's not a dog in here i said well i'm not looking in there right i said i hope it's not a dog i hope it's not obviously it was something and i think somebody probably jacked the deer all right but why they would jack a deer and bring this to me but like i said if you remember the beginning of my story we're not far off a of route 80 and the fact of the matter is if somebody shot a deer not on my property but there's sixteen thousand acres of state land right across the road from me <clears throat> somebody shot a deer you would gut it in the woods where you shot it you would take it and you would carry it out but that's a dirty stinky job to take all these body parts or and i felt bone in there so whatever i don't know so now it took two of them to carry it over to this truck and then they pick it up on the back of the town as a brand new f-350 gasoline all right and uh, lift us so it's high they lift oh look at the magnet maggots the guys oh my god oh the maggots the truck is gonna stink so the thing <clears throat> the thing basically is and i said to him you know i was quite insulted that you know that that somebody from the town thinks i'm so stupid that it would, that i would think that there's something that was dead in the sand tube <laughs> right <clears throat> so um so we didn't think it was you the mayor thought it was you <laughs> so whatever so i said to him look i'm not telling you what to do all right but what i would do is i would take this back to the town all right i would take it back to the town hall to your garage said you have the backhoe there with the bucket i said i would take the i would take the the bring the bucket close to the tailgate put the bag in the tailgate i mean in the bucket i would call a state cop let the state cop come you could lift it up in the bucket he doesn't have to get down and look lift it up at eyesight and eye level on the bucket let the state cop look inside see what's in there god forbid who knows what you're gonna find in there all right if it's something it's obviously nefarious but if it's not a a body or something like that or who knows uh what's in there i said tie it back up he said you got the dumpster here put it in a dumpster and they're gonna come get it the next day or two for the garbage <clears throat> so that's i said and i don't want to know what's in there so that was the story i wanted to share with you for a half hour into the show is that i cannot believe the level of incompetence and uh, and i don't care whether the mayor listens to the show i mean a nice person nice lady but from the first moment and i'm not a complainer what should have basically happened and i will and, and i will vindicate myself to you what should have happened i should have called right the town hall the woman who answered the phone the town representative should not have told me to call the state police she said yes mr bohax or gray whatever you want to call me sir call me whatever you call me yo-yo said we'll call the state police and we'll make sure that the road department comes they're off they're off right now it's the end of their day they'll come we'll call the state police and we'll handle it because it is really on the township right away if this was somewhere 100 feet 200 feet into my cornfield i would have dealt with myself i would have not called the town hall and asked them to come get it because but it's basically in essence on their property and then she shouldn't have told me you call the people and then if it's just me if you're worried about it, then call the state police i mean in that tone what i pay a lot of money here all right and then <clears throat> then if they did bother to come which they i would say they had to have come because they would not have known that the sand tube was there that they should have called me and said oh that's just a 
or they shouldn't have even called me. They should have said, well, you know, this guy is not, um, uh, not an idiot. Even if you don't know me, you say, well, you know, he's not that stupid that he thinks that there's a body and something that was alive once in a sand tube that says sand on it, 70 pounds, right? So <clears throat> he must have seen, there must be something else here that we're not seeing. And the sand tube just happened to be here at the same time. And it was not near the same location. Yes, it was on Cat Swamp Road, but not the same location. So they should have given me the benefit of the doubt, all right, and said, well, we have to look for something else other than said, hey, guys, I could just imagine if I was a fly on the wall in what they were saying about me. They, oh, I think there's a body in there. It's a bag of sand, right? And then, so I was so, uh, <clears throat> and then I should not have had to call them the next day and then he was still arguing with me. He said, we rode by, we couldn't see it. The road department rode by, you couldn't see it. And then, so, and, and that's how it should have been handled. It should not have been put on the citizen to handle it. The citizen should not have been denigrated, saying that I don't know what I'm talking about. It's a bag of sand. And then, and, and then all of a sudden, everybody's screaming, uh, literally, ah! I'm not going to yell into the microphone. Absolutely, absolutely ridiculous ridiculous and hopefully in other list parts of the country that you are listening to this or the world that your municipal people are much better than we have here but i have to honestly say in the defense of alamucci township when we had when we were all rural farmers rural people and farmers here this town was run like a swiss watch all right Run like it's beautiful. I mean, we're all. I mean, uh, Willie Semanchik was the mayor. He was a dear. It was <laughs> Betty Drake was the tax collector. We're all all of the same ilk, cut from the same cloth, right? And then those people died off, right? We got this infiltration of the of of population in this development, this gated community called Panther Valley. Uh, which is about a mile and a half from me. I mean, you don't see it. I mean, but I don't see it. But the thing basically is, is that, and these people came from the city and they took over the town. They literally, the, they, they're all everybody, uh, everybody of any authority in the town is them from them from from. They call it PV Panther Valley. They don't know their rear end from a hole in a wall. Pardon my French. Nor do they care. And they have a they have this attitude, and it's it's absolutely the town went from being a textbook of example of how to run efficiently, conservatively. We had no debt when the farmers. I remember was, I was a young kid going to the meetings, 1976. This town had five million dollars of 1976 dollars. All right, in the bank. We had zero debt. Everything was very conservative. The tax rate was low. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. We got so much debt now. We don't have. I don't even think that this town could afford to buy yesterday's newspaper. So much debt. The taxes are sky high, as I told you. And this is what we get. We get people screaming for spiders. We get the all of, all of this stuff here. Like I said, nothing against the two men. Nice guys. Nice guys. But, you know, <clears throat> this is my taxpayers dollars you have no compunction to take my fifteen thousand dollars so if you're taking my money then you got to treat me with some level of respect and don't treat me like i'm an idiot or everything is my responsibility so i promise after this no more stories no more complaining no more anything and uh i love my farm i love I, I i i love every i love i love it I'm, I'm going to say I love it on my farm. <laughs> so let me put it that way. But it's just a sh it's just a shame what happened. Now, if you came from someplace else and you were oh it's beautiful this and that and this and that right because you don't know the behind the scenes. But anyway, but absolutely ridiculous. And I don't God knows what was in there in that in that in that uh, because it doesn't make sense for me to come all the way here if you shot a deer someplace else because you didn't shoot a deer in downtown Manhattan. All right, that means you shot a deer in the woods and you would gut the deer in the woods. So God knows what was in there. And I, I have to also tend to think, and I better get going halfway through the show, is that these guys from the road department did not do what I suggested, not that I'm the smartest guy in the world, 
what I said to him, he said, just a couple of weeks ago, they found a body in, off the side, I think it was the Bruckner Expressway, I mean, New York in the Bronx, whatever it was. Uh, and I said, it was a kid, like a 50-pound kid, all cut up in there, all right, that somebody somebody kidnapped and murdered. I said, yeah, this night's 50, 60 pounds here. I said, I'm not, you know, and, uh, I'm not saying it's that. And uh, But I guarantee you that they just took and put it in the dumpster and see no evil, hear no evil, and, uh, and never called the police and never looked inside. And I respectfully, it's not their job to look inside. It's the state cop's job to look inside because it's not beer cans, so it's a state's cop's job to look inside, not the road man. So out of defense to them, it was their, it was their job to come get it, all right, and do that, and they did do that, uh, <clears throat> and uh, no issue with them whatsoever. The guy is afraid of spiders. I don't know how you could live out in the country and be a road man and scream about spiders, but whatever, all right? So that's, and, and but I, I feel very confident that uh, that if it was something terrible like that, that it's a, it's going to be an unsolved mystery on television one day. So that is it. Alrighty, my friends. Sorry for unloading on you, but uh, you know I'm old school, and I just you know just do what you got to do. Have some critical thinking. Have some common sense. I'm not asking people to be a rocket scientist, but have some common sense and apply it. Okay. Enough said. Took too much time. You're probably not even listening anymore. Alrighty. So when you get into a fuel-injected vehicle, and, uh, and you have to rem- remember we've had fuel-injected vehicles now for more than 30 years, is versus an old carbureted engine. When you had an old carbureted engine, and or, uh, I should say old, you had a carbureted engine, you go, you would start the engine when it was cold, you would set the automatic choke, and the autom- part of, one component of the automatic choke was the fast idle. So you'd set the automatic choke by stepping on the throttle to the floor. It was a, it would, the spring would close the choke, and then when it closed the choke plate to richen the mixture, it would also have a linkage that would attach to a fast idle cam, and the fast idle cam would have steps on it, and it'd have a fast most of the time it had a fast idle screw independently of the throttle stop screw, and then it would give the engine a fast idle, and then as the choke plate, as the choke spring tension came off, you would tap the. You don't have to go. You don't have to race it. You just have to move the throttle very little, just so it would clear the step of the cam and come down on the next step of the cam. People go, kick it off. No, at that particular point, you're actually trying to blow the choke plate open so that the fast idle cam drops because it's mechanically linked. All you'd have to do is move it a hair, just enough to clear that cam, and it would drop to the next level. So, uh, and then once you started the engine hot restarted it i'll say hot operating temperature all right it would basically start <clears throat> and it would start and it would run at the, whatever it was 700 rpm it would start seven and run set one surge up now there were some vehicles specifically ones that had air conditioning years ago that they'd have what they call a dash pot which was a little vacuum operated deal and then when it had no vacuum or minimal vacuum it would open the throttle plate a little bit and then when it had the whatever it was calibrated for 12 inches 14 inches it was had a calibration you didn't know what the calibration was but it was a calibration it would suck down and lots of times that dash pot was used to to stop the engine from stalling on a rapid throttle because it dampened the throttle sometimes it had no vacuum on it it just had a spring so it would dampen the throttle closing all right and then sometimes they had a solenoid on air conditioned cars where it kicked the idle up 50 rpm but for all intents and purposes the lion's share of engines car engines would start and whatever the idle speed was set at on a restart and that's what it would run at but if you go now the turning as i started to say you know, since fuel injection was introduced, what would happen is you would start the engine when it was cold, and it would it would idle up. All right, it didn't idle up usually as 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 fast as a carbureted car with the with a fast idle cam and a choke, but it would idle up. And then the proper term that you use in engineering is that the idle speed would decay out. So D E C A Y would it would it would start the so you'd start your fuel-injected engine, gasoline engine, well, maybe it's 12, 1,300 RPM, and then within a couple of seconds or so, it would start to drop 100, 200, whatever, 100 RPM, 50 RPM increments. It would be very...
very linear in its drop. It wouldn't be like a fast idle cam, which is a, a cam at stage with steps. It would it would start to decay out until it reached the <clears throat> the target idle speed. And if it was very cold outside, then it would uh, take a little bit longer to the initial decay would be quicker and then it would also then would a little bit longer to decay out to the target idle speed right and then what would happen is on a restart it would flare up a little bit which a carbureted car it maybe didn't flare up as high as it did when it was cold meaning ambient temperature of the engine all right but it may it'll flare up 100 120 rpm so if it let's say it idled at 700 rpm you'd start it maybe you would it would you, it would be on a hot restart flare up for a second or so to 800 rpm and decay back out and stay there so if you pay attention if you have not paid attention i'm going to get a drink of water here <clears throat> excuse me fed if you haven't paid attention pay attention and it will do that so and it'll do it to different levels based upon the ambient temperature and the coolant temperature so the ambient temperature and coolant temperature would be almost equal or nearly equal on a on an initial start we don't like to use the term cold start or morning start because that's really not true you could be starting the car at two o'clock in the afternoon the first time so it's called initial start and hot restart is the other proper term all right so why does it do that right why does it start up because what happens is that the epa uh environmental protection agency has has emissions tests that all road vehicles and now to a certain extent off-road vehicles like tier 4 diesels on farm tractors but this doesn't affect them so they have an they have these emissions tests and what they basically do is that they look at all different they look at cold start they look at hot restart they have a dry drive cycle test and the way the epa measures emissions i've discussed this before but i'll reiterate it because it's been a while is that they put a big bag on the exhaust and then just like if you were to see a silage bag it's not as big as a silage bag but it's quite large and they know what the bag weighs empty and what they actually do is they weigh the emissions coming out of the engine so when they weigh it in grams so and that's why they'll be able to say okay this engine's that's engine emits so many grams per mile if it happens to be a rolling test on a dynamometer but they also do a cold start emissions test and they do a hot start test all right so now why does why does does this brand a this happen model happens to flare up more or less than brand b or within the same or this ford i'm not saying it's the same so you have let's say you have an f-150 all right and it's got a five liter coyote in it right and then your neighbor or your friend has an f-150 with a 3.7 liter normally aspirated base v6 and the other guy's got an f-150 with a eco boost engine in it all right so, so you got three different engines in the same year the same model truck so you all go to and this is i'm, I'm making this up i mean not the, the models but so now you all go so they're all sitting they're all undergoing the same environmental conditions whether it's a initial co- initial start at ambient temperature or a hot restart and you go start this one it flares up like this and this one flares up less this one flares up more this one decays out sooner or quicker what have you so what is going on here and that is one of the things that i like to try to convey to to my audience all right and then hopefully you uh, uh i, I want to say you embrace it is probably the proper word to embrace so the thing is that is that if something is different all right either something is different because it's wrong there's a problem or something is different because it's different but then what is the reason for something different so just like i would feel that bag and then that bag that was left on the side of the road and if i felt beer cans in there and felt glass bottles oh man somebody had, had some party all right well this thing is heavy but the drunks right and i would have taken it and, and put it on the back of the truck or whatever you and then i would have put it out for the garbage man all right we get garbage once a week here so so that was it so you feel it so with the things that if you're looking at a piece of equipment and then 
and all three of them are doing the same thing but different there has to be a reason why all right so and there's three different engine families and and the thing is that and you're taking this one step further is that when you're farming or doing doing anything you have to look well i could look in my field like i said i got some corn coming up all right we had a little bit more than an inch and a half of rain thank god but there's microclimates within across the field because the soil is different the pitch is different right it may be a little bit damper there maybe a little dry there so this corn is coming up and this one is not not coming up and this one is up and just breaking through and they're all within three feet of one another plus my planter the rows are 28 inches apart right as i said this before custom built planter most planters run 30s for corn so i could look at my planter tracks and i know it's the same pass all right the same pass going down the field right 28 inches apart and they have different emergence now you say with the plant to mess up no the plant doesn't mess up because 30 feet down it's boom 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 picket fence so the plant didn't mess up so what's the variable the variable is the seed well yes it could be the seed but not that long row so it's the microclimate in the field so where that row happened to go either it was drier or colder or what have you all right and then hopefully god willing over time it equalizes so you have to really pay attention and you have to look at things and you have to constantly question yourself and say why is this happening what's going on this never did it before why is it doing it now just like i said to you it's why i told you a story about my back my back never bothered me before and now it's the canary in the coal mine i can feel 100 percent fine my back starts to hit this heart starts to hurt they that sciatica within five days i got some sort of bug in me all right canary in the coal mine so why are these idle speeds why are they surging up on restart because what happens getting back to the epa is that when an engine goes into crank a fuel injection engine goes into crank it is fueled through the injectors being pulsed now there is a number of emissions that we're concerned with but there's uh the one emission well let me go over them quickly all right so there's this carbon monoxide within them like murder and that's partially burned fuel there's hc hydrocarbons which is unburned fuel because gasoline and diesel fuel are a hydrocarbon based fuel right so we have that right and then we have oxides of nitrogen which is uh creates smog and where we have egr and and uh and scr and everything on a diesel engine all right so what happens is that when an engine goes into crank the piston velocity is very low right because it's cranking whatever the cranking rpm happens to be 180 200 rpm depending upon the size of the engine all right and the injectors are spraying fuel so giving a shot of fuel and it gives a shot of fuel that is much greater in volume than it would be with the engine running and the reason for that being is that it has to get the engine to start if the engine is at a lower ambient temperature the rate of vaporization is going to be poor if it's still if it's already at operating temperature the piston velocity is very slow so the idea of it sucking the air in and mixing it with the fuel is is the efficiency the efficacy of that is very poor so it gives it more fuel to go so what happens is that when this engine starts it has a lot of unburned fuel and you're not seeing it with black smoke right it has a, a high level of unburned fuel based upon what the epa is looking for for emissions if it was 1972 you wouldn't even pay attention to it right <clears throat> so it has a high level of unburned fuel so now what is done in the calibration because if you remember i used to do calibrations is that you would look at the hydrocarbon emissions on on ambient start and on uh operating temperature restart and you'd see how much hydrocarbons are being pushed out of the cylinder because of the 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 longer injector pulse width during cranking in a slow piston velocity and so what what is what so now yes that's there the industry itself had to find a workaround right just like i found a workaround so i can't get enough weight on the front of my tractor i'm going to buy sand 
tubes and put two sand tubes in there, another 140 pounds. So the workaround is to start, is to let the idle speed flare up, okay? So what does that flare up and the idle speed accomplish? It accomplishes two things, all right? First of all, number one, it's to burn off those residual hydrocarbons from the cranking fuel, so the higher the the higher the speed, the more piston velocities, piston velocity, the more piston strokes in a given dwell period, time period, right? So if you have more piston strokes, it's going to burn off those hydrocarbons because the engine is going faster than going at 600 RPM. And that is why the flare-up speed is very, very dependent upon the, the ambient temperature and liquid temperature. It could be a cold day ambient, 10 degrees below zero F, but the coolant's 200 degrees. It's going to look at that, and it's going to have an algorithm based upon what the fuel, the hydrocarbons that would be left over, what they, the historic hydrocarbons from that engine that they would see, and it's going to give it a idle speed, a flare-up on the idle speed, and degrade it out to burn off those hydrocarbons. Now, the other thing, basically, is that... <clears throat> the higher idle speed is going to put more velocity through the engine, air velocity, pump more air. So it's going to help to not burn, to not only burn up, but, but dilute those hydrocarbons with more oxygen. And it's also going to help the catalytic converter to light off. And that's specifically, all right, because if the if it if it's cold out and it's and the converter's cold, that flare up is not gonna help that much to light off the converter. But in a very cold morning, 10 or 15 seconds of a higher idle speed will definitely help to light the converter off. And what the converter lighting off means is that the chemical reaction started to take place. The catalytic converter got hot enough for the chemical reaction to take place because the past 30 years, they have what they call close-coupled converters. They're not 10 feet down the vehicle like they used to be, and they're very near the exhaust port. So there's a very high level of thermal transfer, and it's actually called thermal inertia because you're heating it, and the heat has the inertia to go into the other part. So the the flare-up on RPM is of rpm is to burn off the hydrocarbons on either an initial start or on restart because the epa is measuring those so if we burn them off right it's not going to be hc anymore which is unburned fuel it's going to be co partially burned fuel and if we have an efficient combustion event then at the amount of co that's going to spike on the restart or the initial start is very 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 low but if we did not burn it off then we would have a spike in hc which is unburned fuel now going back to our original example three f-150s three different <coughs> excuse me <coughs> all the same year everything three different engine families three different three uh the same environment for us to start whether it's a cold start initial start or a hot restart so it's a controlled test everything's the same each one is very low zero miles brand new we're not saying there's carbon in the cylinders or anything and uh each one has a a different level of flare-up and a different decay rate uh as it starts to come down in both the initial start and the uh and the hot restart well why is that because the dynamics of those engines are different they're three different engine families three different designs like three different people we all have a heart we all have a lung we all have brains a lung god forbid right we all have lungs we all have the same body parts but we all have a little and we basically have the same chemistry in our bodies but we also have a little bit different chemistry so the thing that comes into play here is that that amount of flare-up and the the decay time is based upon that engine's propensity to store hydrocarbons during cranking fuel and if the engine (coughs) stores by design (coughs) excuse me i'm just gonna put the dragster on for a second (coughs) okay i'm back 
<coughs> if the engine stores, sorry about that, less hydrocarbons, then it's not going to, intrinsically, it's not going to need as much as a flare-up to to burn them off. So now, so if, if so, if you have you know whatever car xyz truck xyz and your wife has truck abc and hus flares up less or flares up more it doesn't mean it's not like oh i'm not buying that car because it flares up a lot on the hard restart no it just means that that engine has the one that flares up higher and decays out slower has more of a propensity due to the injector placement the cylinder head design the cranking speed the the bore of the engine because if you have a big bore engine there's more there's more prop you know more fuel could be stored in there the the size of the injector the up all of these things come into play so so that is what that is so it's not that it's a bad design good design or what have you so you could actually now you go on vacation right this is how how crazy i am for instance like my my wife's escape is hopefully going to be done this week from the body shop she has a a a rental car a chevy tracks and uh so i like to listen to flare up right and this has got a 1.4 turbo engine all right it's uh uh, it really it it it, it, it can't pull uh, it can't pull a hen off a roost all right but anyway but uh so but anyway so i listen to it when she starts it and i listen to the to the to the ambient temperature start and i listen to the hot restart and i said oh my god i said now this thing really flares up and the, the decay rate is very very slow so now you keep in mind that if you have a slow decay rate and a high flare-up all right then with an automatic transmission when you put that from park into reverse you're really going to hit that transmission much harder than a decay rate that is quicker and a flare-up that's not as high so i mean what are you going to do about it i mean you're going to jump out the window all right but but like my wife's zx2 versus my escort when i had my escort on the road and her zx2 two different motors right <clears throat> both two liters one was a four uh four valve double over cam i was single she had a much higher flare-up on hers than i did in the calibration all right and then she would she had a, a terrible propensity to start the car would still be on the flare-up it wouldn't be decaying whatsoever and then put it in reverse all right and sit there with her foot on the brake and then check her makeup all right so i said well honey you could check your makeup i love that you want to keep yourself beautiful make yourself pretty but don't when the engine speed or she goes start the car and then check your makeup then put it in reverse you know because what is happening is you and then eventually i'm not blaming her for whatsoever she eventually blew uh i think it's an accumulator seal in the transmission we never fixed it we learned to work i learned to work around it and uh so for reverse but anyway so uh i don't honestly know if it was accumulated see i think it was for the reverse piston or reverse clutch i should say but i may be wrong i'm not intimate with that transmission i think it's somewhere that's what it is so it's something for you to keep in mind so even though i'm not one to to idle an engine and i've always told you as soon as you get oil pressure go away but you also need drive away you also need to pay attention to the flare-up and the decay so if it flares up vroom, and then you right and then you, well, you put it right in reverse right all right the thing is that you're really shocking that transmission that converter everything in there right so wait 10 seconds five seconds that's not going to hurt the car i don't consider that idling the car to warm up 12 seconds whatever it is and let it start to decay out and then what you could do i've tried to tell my wife this for 20 years but forget about it all right what you could do is if you're very anxious to do that whatever you got you're going to get going then when you put the put it into reverse put it into reverse with your foot off the brake then step on the brake so let some of the shock of you're still going to have that hydraulic shock but you're going to you're going to dampen and mitigate some of that shock because it's the car's going to well it's going to go a quarter of an inch or half inch it's not going to go take off down the road all right but and then you could and then you could do that but you want to pay attention to that flare-up 
you'd be very anal and crazy like me, but you pay attention. And all these little things, it makes you intimate with the vehicle. I was very disappointed on that little Chevy Trax, which is a Korean car and uh, made in Mexico, right, in the United Nations, right? Chevy Bowtie, designed in Korea and then made in Mexico. Beautiful, right? So, uh, but so now, is that thing so dirty on on? Or is it a sloppy calibration? All right. I personally think that it's probably a sloppier calibration than it is dirty, because it 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 and what's telling me that is that the the flare up on hot restart, or I could see the flare up. I mean, on now, I mean, it was. 78 degrees the other morning all right this thing flared up like what it would do on a on a a a 10 degree below zero they buried a tack up against the rev limiter i mean so it's i mean i don't know so i personally think it was probably a maybe she has a meaning she the engine has a propensity to be a little bit on the dirty side as far as hc is concerned and then uh but i really think it's a sloppy calibration that they didn't spend a lot of time doing the calibration they threw something at it and uh that was basically it and uh they let it rip so who knows but i want to thank you so much for listening i promise promise and you know i'm a man of my word that i will not complain about anything if i if you are gracious enough to come next week to listen to idle chatter go right into the subject matter no stories about tree guys about this that about bags on the side of the road and spiders and uh, <laughs> and sandbags nothing 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 about that and i'm excited also on a different note is because longtime listener mike werner and uh caledonia minnesota i sent him out the road headset so he is going to be our beta tester as far as and he's going to be on doing on the road podcast with him and he'll be our beta tester and i don't like to use the word guinea pig because i love animals and i don't like what it implies but in engineering we beta test we don't guinea pig we beta test so mike is going to be brave enough to be the beta tester and see whether i wasted 300 dollars on this headset to make my audio quality better with on the road and then another thing a real quick thing i guess i have a couple of minutes yet i didn't go too too long but uh, a couple of things i know i i had made a suggestion that i may do some other very short short podcast whereas i read a technical article which is probably a three or four minute read and most of five minute read from my website and list that as a podcast and uh think of a of a creative name for it to get some of that educational material out to you if you don't want to go to the website and read it i would prefer for you to go to the website and read it because i think it's a higher level of education and we put them with some level of artwork there so it's like a magazine story than me reading it to you but a couple of people did get back to me with mike warner saying that he would enjoy that uh, and I should consider doing it. I don't know whether I'm honestly going to do it right now because I, uh, for a couple of reasons, I don't think that I'm a good uh, audio reader. All right, so I mean, I'm not a professional reader, and I don't know whether I'd be able to read it with the right tonations, the right, the the right speed, the right whatever, you know, the, you know, the right cadence for it, and clearing my throat. So I don't know about that. Uh, so I think that, that that's more I have to try a couple and not publish them and see if they're not too bad. And then I'm afraid to overload you guys with technical content, but Mike and the other people that reached out to me were not afraid of that. And we could always choose to not listen. But also I had something come on my heart, which I just share quickly before we go, is that uh, I may, st- I may un- in, in the on-the-road category... Uh, so it'll be listed as an on the road but i was going to call it on the road to faith or on the road to finding your faith my faith journey and i was going to it came to me the other day and uh and i i'm praying about it to make sure it wasn't me i I was not thinking about that whatsoever i was thinking about taking ali to the doctor but uh and it came to me and i don't know if it's divine or myself and uh, 
what I would do is that the, the weeks that I did not have an on-the-road podcast, that I would uh, do this on-the-road to faith, and uh, I would give you my interpretation. Now, keep in mind, I come with no authority whatsoever other than a man that loves the Lord, all right? My interpretation of some stories in the Scripture, and I shouldn't say my interpretation, or like, like Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story. I think that the scriptures are loaded with, uh, I think they are loaded with stories, and I think oftentimes uh, professional clergy, clergy, whatever, um, they kind of miss the point. They have one point of it, but I think like everything in scripture, there's multiple points and multiple things that could be learned. And what I was going to do is very short, I would say no more than 20 minutes, and put a time limit, and maybe 10 minutes, and then and do and give how those stories in the scriptures influence my faith walk and influence my life and how they are a blessing to me so i'm thinking of that i have to pray about it i don't if i do it it's not going to be often it would be under the on the road category so we done then obviously you could choose not to listen to it which I certainly respect. So listen, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I want to thank you so much for putting up on my stories, my antics, and uh, life is not that bad here in New Jersey as I may make it out to be. It's just that, um, and I'm not a critical person. Please don't think that, but I'm old school. And if you're old school in the new school world, you're going to have your head cocked a lot because you're not going to believe what you just saw or what is going on. So you have a blessed, blessed day. And uh, God willing, you'll uh, tune in next week. And hopefully very soon we'll have On the Road to Mike Werner. Okay, have a blessed day. Thank you. Bye-bye.